the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hello, Governor. It is, once again, Rob Black and your money. Show dedicated to getting into retirement. Some years are going to be better than others. You get the idea. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. This has been a very good year. And it looks like you could kind of roll into next year, too. Um, just a second. Sorry. I write a TV show while I'm doing a radio show. Um, and I think that benefits you because I, I get about 30, 35 pages of content and I boil it down to three paragraphs. And it's this, my TV show right there, three paragraphs. Uh, but for you on the radio, I get to burn through 25 to 30 pages of content each and every day. So I put a lot of work into this. It doesn't sometimes look like that, but I do. Uh, YouTube's top earners, influencers. Um, pretty good list that came out this year. YouTube is the most popular babysitter in the world. I kind of like that phrase. Um, because it's kind of rings a little bit true. It's interesting because I think when the iPad came out, we thought like, this is going to change the world or business. We're going to read it in our beds as we fall asleep. It seems like iPads and such seem to be really designed for children to watch YouTube videos with children in them, which is a thing. Average almost three times as many views as other types of videos. So high-end business conversations doesn't do nearly as well as some of the other issues. Dude Perfect's one of my It's not my favorite, but it's something I can turn on pretty quickly. What's your favorite YouTube channel? Or what's your favorite? I've got a YouTube channel if you want to watch clips and tips about Rob Black and your money. Um, my channel's not all that interesting to me. But the Dude Perfect guys, uh, they do uh, trick shots in pool and bowling. Uh, it's pretty fun stuff to watch. Uh, hot Ones, have you seen Hot Ones? Where the host of the show gets a celebrity for basically 25, 30 minutes sitting there eating spicy buffalo wings. And they start off very low heat index, and they go crazy. The ninth one is always my favorite, because for some reason that's the one that gets people crying and delusional and such. But if you haven't watched like I watch a lot of that kind of stuff on holidays when I want to sit on the couch and enjoy the snow, but uh, you know know how that is. Yeah, I'm watching. It, it, this is distracting, and it doesn't make necessarily for good television or radio because <laughs> I'm watching other people on TV. Um, bowling trick shots, dude, perfect. I can watch that stuff all day. Could you? 
Um, Fifty billion in online sales returns this holiday season. The value of returned online holiday goods going to hit about forty one point six billion um, this year. UPS has said that it anticipates handling over one million packages. The one, the number that gets me is the peak day of returns is January second. That's fascinating to me. Like again, what fascinates me probably doesn't fascinate you. But yeah, get some Christmas gifts. You have some holidays. They're ugly sweaters. You don't want it. You wait all the way until January second. There was a big thing before we had online sales where people would go back to malls the day after Christmas. And that doesn't seem to be as needed as it used to be. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. What do you think the average Social Security payout is going to be for you? Do you care? One of the things that Social Security does is They've got a benefits page on... They used to send you a statement every year, which was kind of cool. For lack of any other intelligent reason, then it was cool to see how little you made back when you were 16 years old, but you did have a W-2 and a 9-9, so it counted. Um, but there were some years, like in college, where I made like $14,000 a year, because I was in college. But I've worked every year of my life since I was about 14 or 15, and uh, it's getting old. So I want to see how much I've put into the system, how much I'm going to get out. Um, Knowing that there's going to be a cola between now and then, it changes the cost of living. But I kind of like seeing, where would I be today? And I I think it's something you should do. Um, Everyone should go to the Social Security website, ssa.gov, and punch in your social security number, you will be notified what your benefits are. You'll see it. Um, Are you looking at $14,000 a year? Or are you looking at $28,000 a year? What can you get at age 62? What can you get at 65? What can you get at 70? What can you get if your spouse dies? So that's out there. Oh, I just saw the devil on the website, ssa.gov. Susie Orman's on it. Uh, I don't think she's the devil, but I don't like her. So at one point in time, Suze Orman, and anyone who calls himself Suze is a problem. At one point in time, Suze Orman would sell a credit repair kit. And she'd get on QVC and she'd say, well, everyone, <laughs> did you get into bad credit? I can help you fix your credit. Call my number right now, and in three easy payments of $20 each, you can get a credit repair kit. Uh, Suze, there's something called the Internet and Google, and people can Google that information and not pay you $60, $80. She's been caught in lies before in the past, which, which bothers me. Uh, nothing like court, nothing like legal challenges. But at one point in time, she's, she told financial people that, you know, she has an insurance company, and uh, she trains each and every one of her agents herself, and that wasn't true. And again, it brings up a conflict of interest, in my opinion. So, pretty obvious. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Airbnb won a big case. They won the EU court case over the French real estate rules. Were they going to be classified as a 
um, online service, or they're going to be classified as a shadowy real estate agent in disguise. I'm not making that up. That's that's the way the French threw it down. But Airbnb won that case. I'm, I'm interested in the future of Airbnb. I like it on so many levels when it first came out, and then I started seeing some of the horror stories where people would put up their New York apartment, they're going out of town for the week, and... Uh, like porn producers would rent it and destroy the place. Uh, bringing in lighting, drilling holes in walls that weren't there. Like, whoa. And then there's the horror story that I tell every now and then. And this one's pretty graphic. It's shocking. Um, a friend of mine, one friend removed from me, a friend of mine, a real friend of mine, his daughter was staying up in an Airbnb in a hot tub. Little seven-year-old girl sits in the hot tub and her guts, her intestines get pulled out of her anus. Unbelievable. She gets airlifted to a hospital. First doctor's like, I don't know how to put those back in. In the emergency room. Second doctor said, I saw it on YouTube. I could do this. Little girl's healthy. She's fine. But that had to be pretty trying for Airbnb. Uh, the people who rent you their house don't necessarily take care of their equipment in their home. Hotels do. That would have been a liability issue big time. I wonder how that would have played out. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Adidas is going to start selling a new collection designed with singer Beyonce. That smells like a hit. It's going to relaunch her Ivy Park brand that includes shoes, clothes, and accessories, mostly in the colors maroon, orange, and cream. Adidas described the collection, which features on the cover of Elle magazine this month, as gender neutral. Okay. Um, there's some areas I just I don't even know how to talk about. Is gender neutral a thing to invest in? Apparently it is, because getting a pitch person like Beyonce, pretty smart. They're going to sell jumpsuits, cargo pants, hoodies, cycling shorts. Um, Gender neutral, though. It's very, very interesting. So Adidas has eroded Nike's dominance by going after big celebrity partners. Nike is dominated in the sports market by going after big athletes like LeBron James. But Adidas says, we can't really compete with Nike on that level. So we're going to make a splash by hiring Pharrell, uh, you know, the happy song, Pharrell Williams, Kanye West, and now Beyonce. Nike's been growing faster in China and Europe, a trend that continued the latest results. Beyonce is one of the wealthiest women on the planet. Um, Gender neutral. I'm just throwing it out there. Some of the, again, that's that's genius. So I, I wish I can have someone market like that for me. Uh, they are talking about in the financial world of lifting. There's basically a ban on having celebrities endorse you. So I can't say, or New Focus Financial can't say, this is Joe Montana, quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, and I love Rob Black. He's great. 
can't do it. It's against the law. Because our government does try to protect you from you. And they know that you would go, I love Joe Montana. I'll do whatever he tells me to do. If he says jump, I'll jump. New company has invented a new toilet. Oh, I love working on toilets. I actually do. Uh, Plumbing ain't my thing, but I love doing it. But one of the things that I did when I first got into the industry 25 years ago as a registered investment advisor, and I basically gave investment advice, right? Portfolios, client portfolios. But at that point in time, I wasn't rich enough to buy an office. I leased an office. And if you've ever worked in a big building with other people, one of the most disgusting things about it is the morning bathroom run. For some reason, people don't want to do their business in their own homes. They do it at the office. So a company has come up with a new toilet that has a 5% downward slope. Um, And after about five minutes of sitting on it, you're like, I can't take this. This It's too painful. I'm off the loo. I got to get back to work. Um, If you think about it, it's pretty pretty smart. Back in that day, men would take like sports pages and business sections into the uh, bathroom. I guess it has a 13-degree angle, not 5%. Um, and they just leave the papers there. And men are just disgusting, in my opinion. But uh, this is a way of improving efficiency. So if you're at work and you're on the loo for an hour, 30 minutes, doing your social media on your phone, see where I was going out that? Newspapers have been replaced by social media on the phone. I wanted to start a, an app. <laughs> I, I'm not allowed to tell you the punchline, but I'm allowed to hint at it. I wanted to start a... Twitter that was tied towards the bathroom so that when you went in and did your business, you could tweet people. But it's not going to be called Twitter. It rhymes with Twitter. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Please turn on the lights on your way out. Um, History proves that this bull market could have a little bit more left in it. In a year where we're up over 25%, you're like, how good does it get from here? And what I want you to not be is in the business of don't be the swami. Don't make predictions. And don't change your portfolio based on that. I told you back maybe a month ago, I tinkered with my portfolio a little bit in my 401k. I went with a little more value. Not much. And a little less growth. Not, I didn't cut that much. It's like getting a haircut. Can you take a little bit? No, just a little less. No, a little less. Oh, you shaved my head. I don't do a shaving the head. Big things coming up in the world next 10 years of investing, gene and cell therapies, uh, more digitalization. I, I can tell you, like, digitizing in the Internet has not stopped disrupting. This year we saw Schwab buy TD Ameritrade. As digital transformation continues to hit industry after industry, it still needs to hit the mortgage industry better and the real estate agent industry better. Because those are two areas that we haven't seen much compression in fees. Ooh, there's a a phrase, compression in fees. That is a killer in profitability. China and India represent 35% of the world's population, yet they have access to less than 10% of freshwater resources. I talked earlier in the show about two ETFs that you should look at if that story rings to you. If that story means something to you as an investor. China and India represent 35% of the world's population. They have access to less than 10% of freshwater resources. What happens if we don't have freshwater? We die. (laughs) So the two ETFs that I want you to look at, FOE, 
PHO and PIO. Both of them beat the stock market this year. As It doesn't seem like there's big money in water, but there's big money in water. When Sean Penn goes to Haiti after an earthquake and he gets on T and uh, CNN or something like that, or maybe he tweets, this is a crisis. There's no access to fresh water. People are dying. You die if you don't have fresh water. That is an investment theme. On the day you die, are you likely to be tweeting? So should you invest in Twitter for your tech products, your Apple phone for the day you die? Or do you want to invest in pharmaceutical companies, biotech companies that might extend your life five years, 10 years, 15, 20? Or do you want to go with something as simple and basic as water? You have to come up with your portfolio, not mine. Um, I tinker. But in the end, I like to accumulate wealth slowly and intelligently. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black's show. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. The U.S. Department of Agriculture. Included Wakanda, the fictional home of Black Panther, who would, yes, be a superhero, not an animal. Um, Alongside Panama and Peru on a list of official free trade partners. So the U.S. Department of Agriculture thinks Wakanda's real? Or were they just playing around with the technology and forgot to remove it? Love that. 800-516-1220 calls on the air. I think if you listen to this show, you know that I'm a big fan of technology. You know I'm a big fan of technology investing, growth investing. Um, Sometimes I get a little ahead of myself and make mistakes, and sometimes I I don't buy in until the party's almost over. But I, I try to play in that area. And there's names like Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, Google, all of those stocks... I don't own Amazon directly, but I own the rest. So I kind of put my money where my mouth is, and it's been a very good 10 years for those. I almost called them puppies, but maybe I'll treat them with respect for those tech stocks. So what's for the next 10 years? What's going to happen with you know the president? What's going to happen with the elections? What's going to happen? I, I don't know. Um, I believe in a different type of God of the stock market, and it's capitalism. Capitalism is a U.S. thing, uh, but I'll tell you what, as our planet gets more and more crowded, I don't know how, how great capitalism is going to work, but that's for another day. Right now, still believe in it. Um, large cap tech companies probably won't repeat their performance of last decade. That tends to be kind of a truism in investing. What worked sometimes in the last 10 years won't work in the next 10 years. What worked in the last 10 month, uh, 12 months won't work in the next 12 months. There's a little bit of that going around because money kind of shifts around, right? Consumers have a role in tech companies, as do governments, as do the regulators. And they're going to drive a shift towards sustainable investments and in products. The Greta Thunberg has created something because she hasn't been on a plane in like four years or something. 
Um, she's created what is referred to as, you know, plane shaming. And trains are cool. So if I could invest in trains right now, I think I would. That's kind of how I'm talking, but again, I don't want to get too off topic. I think the next 10 years are going to be wonderful for genetic therapies, which is a shift in medicine. It should potentially revolutionize healthcare delivery and disrupt the biopharma industry. Uh, gene and cell therapies are a big part. Gaining regulatory approval as treatments for rare diseases and cancers. Large cap pharmaceutical companies are watching because gene therapies, they're more molecular companies like Merck and Pfizer than they are genetic. But they were quickly moving to change that. I would look for a well-diversified ETF if you're looking for genetic therapies. Because a lot of the companies have clinical failures in their trials. And I don't ever want to be on the receiving end of down 60, 70, 80% in a stock. So if I'm playing genetic ther- uh, therapies, and I'm not telling you everything I own, it's not part. that's not the way I'm doing the show, I would look for a good, diversified, exchange-traded fund. Digital transformation is obviously another trend in the next 10 years. 5G mobile phones, artificial intelligence, big data, cloud computing. All of that is digitally transforming the economy. 5G networks are being rolled out across the world, which will turn in ultimately to help contribute to the Internet of Things. The fact that Apple, Google, um, was it Facebook, Apple, and Amazon all got together and said, let's let's work on this Internet of Things together. Let's come up with some standards. Once standards are done, holy mackerel, you don't understand how powerful it is. When the DSL digital subscriber lines through plain old technology, uh, plain old uh, copper wires, um, when DSL started to come out, there was different companies trying to achieve different speeds, different uh, inputs, outputs. And they said, let's do a DSL form and, and let's standardize all this so we, our equipment will work. Your equipment will work. Their equipment will work. So once you get into that, getting in and setting standards, and as 5G gets there, we'll see more and more Internet of Things. That should give us more digital data, e-commerce, fintech, health tech, security, safety, all good things, right? Uh, Water scarcity is going to be a big investment trend in the next 10 years. Uh, It's an unsettling concept, water scarcity. Most parts of Americans enjoy a pretty good good world where we turn on our, our pipes and whoops, water comes right on out. But we can't just talk about the United States. China and India represents 35% of the world's population, and they have access to less than 10% of freshwater resources. Owing just a ton of urgency to their, their people. The, the governments have to urgently try to like resolve this. China's already said that it needs to increase its investment in water infrastructure to stave off shortages caused by pollution and population growth. You can check out, there's a couple ETFs that are water-oriented. And water's kind of an interesting concept. Let me explain why. Um, first and foremost, a lot of people think water's free. And there's nothing free about water. If there's a uh, fountain, water fountain, 10 feet from or at the park near you, your, your, your city government's paying it for that water. And getting it to you, cleaning it, there, there's a process there. 
tell. There was a big ETF a couple years ago, ticker symbol FOE. Now, when I say this, consultant worker advisor taking action on any stock mentioned. Ticker symbol is PHO. And I, you can see HTO is in there somewhere, right? This is not the only water ETF. There's also one that's very um, geared towards international. I'd start some homework. Start figuring out who these companies are. Waters Corporation, Donaher, Idex, Roper, Ecolab, Pentair, Tetra Tech, Toro, A.O. Smith. Um, all plays on water. Uh, again, if you see the value in water, that's awesome. Year to date, faux PHO is up 35%. Stock market's not up 35%. It's a sexy area that's not going to go away. And now you're saying water is sexy? Uh, I kind of have to say it is. But again, consult broker advisor for taking action on anything I ever mentioned. There's also PHO. There's also PIO. That's the Investor Global Water. And that's going to have some different names. And again, take a look at it and see if it works for you. Consult a broker advisor. Those are the big investment trends in the next 10 years. Again, you could easily say genetics, water, digitalization. Don't play the same old game every year. Sometimes you have to change it up a bit. Sometimes you have to add things. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Uh... I don't want to talk about that story. <laughs> There's a story that I just found that it's like, no, I'm not going to do that one. Uh, online sales means retailers need to solve a $50 billion return problem this holiday season or sooner. Um, sometimes you get a little holiday liquored up. You're enjoying the festive season. You get on Amazon. And you're like, I think... I think the kids would really like volcanic rocks that heat up and you could relax, put them on your feet. And you're like, two days later, it comes in the mail and you're like, what is this? Who ordered this? It was you. And you're like, oh, I better return this. So U.S. UPS has said that they anticipate handling more than 1 million return packages every day this holiday season, peaking at 1.9 million items on January 2. Oh, man. That's humbling, right? Retailers are trying to find ways to cope with $50 billion in profits left on the table each year. It's, it costs money to return stuff, right? Especially when someone's paying that shipping. I never really start, stopped and thought about that. Like We keep talking about online sales and the importance it is to UPS and FedEx and Amazon uh, delivery. But how about the returns and the money made there? Shoppers are expected to return $41.6 billion worth of merchandise bought on the internet this year. Um, the industry has tried with some, like, try it before you buy it kind of business models. Uh, but still a big issue there. Still a big issue there. 73% of student loan borrowers don't know what happens to their debt if they die. So you got a student loan. What do you think happens to it when you die? I'll tell you, 73% don't know. It's surprising how big that number is to me. 
people don't like thinking about dying. People don't like processing, what if this deal doesn't work out? If I get into a deal to sell a company, I need to like ask, what is the, what is there something, is there a death discharge? What are, what are we looking at? If a friend or family member sends a death certificate or other proof of death paperwork to your loan servicer, loans are typically cleared. But it can get pretty complicated. So it could be a situation where your parents put their name on the loan. Um, and that's an issue. I heard one of the most biggest horror stories this year about the holidays last season. Um, a young woman. I'll, I'll talk about this soon. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Shrugging off dandruff on their shoulders? New. Shrugging off U.S. House of Representatives votes to impeach President Donald Trump. For me, it's kind of refreshing to see that we're trading based on fundamentals and not necessarily a reaction to political events. Uh, Only because people get freaked out. And then they hate the stock market. And they're like, oh, I didn't know the stock market was going to go down when the president gets uh, impeached. I didn't know. How was I supposed to know? What's that got anything to do with Facebook? I don't like it when people get freaked out. I don't like it when people give up on the stock market in any way, shape, or form. So I don't like those events that make my industry look bad. Um, big downdrafts for no reason. No good. Re- uh, downdraft in the stock market due to a recession? That's fine. But when we drop based on something random, not, I'm not going to say that's random because it's not quite right. But you get where I'm going at with this. Uh, Art Cashin is one of my favorites. And every year I do this show, right around this time, I talk about Art Cashin because he gives his predictions for 2020. Despite a still strong U.S. economy, there will be no Fed rate hikes in the next year, he says. He's been around the industry so long. If you turn on CNBC, I. He does a little bit of Fox as well. He's just—he's like a grandfather that I've never had. Oh boy, I got some daddy issues. Um, he's like a grandfather I never had, right? Um, and he knows a lot about the economy. He knows a lot about presidencies, and he knows a lot about uh, the stock market. Prediction one, he says, despite a still strong U.S. economy, there will be no Fed rate hikes the next year. His quote, it was even more interesting than that. He said, I think the Fed is somewhat intimidated by the market. And the market, if anything, thinks the Fed is ahead of itself on higher rates. That's, that's good stuff. Prediction number two from Mr. Art Cashin, author of Every Morning He Writes Something Called Cashin's Corner. Um, kind of gives you a one-up on Wall Street. He thinks, number two, the market winning streak will continue and the broader indices will be up in 2020. Eight out of nine times that we've had an up year like this, it's followed up by another decent year. Not quite as strong, but still strong. He says, I'll go with history, and I'll go with art. Okay, I'm not going to get all that fired up. Prediction number three. Stocks may be up, but there will be several periods of volatility, particularly in January, March, and July. Now, that's fascinating for me. In late January... We'll see if there's going to be a Brexit. Boris Johnson now has a sweeping uh, control of Parliament. Will he push through a no-deal debt Brexit? That would get the markets a little on the volatile and jumpy side. 
Next thing he thinks will be the U.S. election. Number one, in early March, we get Super Tuesday. Um, it's super. And one-third of the United States populace will vote on who they want to lead the Democrat Party in the race for the presidency. Super Tuesday will be big. I could see if like a Warren or Sanders did really super well on Super Tuesday. That's really superfluous of me. If either of them do really well, you could see the markets react poorly. Because they both have initiatives and plans that, that would cost a lot of money. And when you say it costs a lot of money, a lot of rich people would be paying taxes. Is the idea. Um, and, and, you know, maybe we'll find out, you know, what Bloomberg's strategy is on the presidency by Super Tuesday. Who looks to be the leader? Has anyone locked it up? We will know by the middle of July. That's when there's going to be the convention. Uh, how did Art Cashin do in predictions last year? He had three. He said no Fed rate hikes. He was correct. Prediction number two, a final China deal on trade and tariffs was unlikely, but something that approximate it may happen. He was right again. He said a final China deal on trade and tariffs was unlikely. He said that 12 months ago. And every day for the last 12 months, I've come on the show and go, oh, she loves you, she loves you not. Trump and China, China and Trump. He was right. And his prediction number three, he said stocks would be flat in 2019 after being down in the first half of the year. Oops, messed that one up pretty aggressively. S&P 500 is up 28% for the year. It's best year since 2013. Two out of three ain't bad in the world of predictions. Um, just throw that out there for you. I think he's pretty good. Uh, and I like reading his stuff. So if you got bored and just Google Art Cashin, I think you're going to learn a lot. And it's kind of cool. Kind of cool. Kind of cool. I'm sounding like Cartman talking about the stock market. It's, it's cool. Kenny, Kenny, it's cool. Uh, Realtor.com is in on the predictions business, too. They're predicting residential property inventory to evaporate in 2020, thinking home sellers are going to sit 2020 out, which, of course, makes it more challenging for buyers to find homes despite attractive interest rates. Real estate predictions out of Realtor.com. They're also saying the demographic... Millennials will be big buyers in 2020, even if inventories are thin. He thinks that's the millennials. Younger buyers are skewing inner city living and have their sights set on 1,800 square foot homes in the suburbs with good neighborhoods and decent schools. That's a prediction out of Realtor.com. They also believe that home prices will flatten in 2020. Prices will decline in more than 25% of the 100 largest metros, including Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, Miami, San Francisco. Oh, no. So my beloved San Francisco is going to see real estate declines. Probably means the hippies up in Portland are going to do well. It's a joke. It's a joke to the hippies. It's a joke. Don't write letters. It's a joke. It's a little jokey. Irreverent, 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 irreverent. Um, the South is doing really, really well, especially with young buyers. Charleston and Charlotte are leading the nation in home price growth right now. I like both of those markets, but it's really tough for me to, to tell people, go invest in real estate that's 3,000 miles away. So the South doing very, very well. And Realtor.com is predicting more bidding wars. They don't think mortgage rates are going to go anywhere this year, staying right around 38 39 percent on the 30-year. 
Those are your predictions for 2020. Oh, Swami. Oh, wise one. Hi-oh! I'm Rob Black.